The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Looking for a big race here today here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. The number seven Chevrolet of Justin Allgaier wins. As we were interviewing Noah Gregson, Daniel Hembrick came over very upset. NASCAR was quick over there to break up that altercation, but there were several punches thrown. Came to reverse, backed up, and punched a hole in the nose of our car. So that was completely deliberate. Punched a hole in the nose of our car, and I got one punch in his eye. So we're even. I'd be bad if I was in his shoes, too based off what he's done in uh, his career. The fans are on their feet, and we're ready to race in Atlanta. And it's pretty much been the Kyle Larson show. Don't need the stopwatch to see that Ryan Blaney is gaining on race leader Kyle Larson. Here goes Blaney. He'll go up to the top side. He'll go up to the Larson lane to try to catch Larson. He gets a big run off the top of the racetrack. Larson moves up the block. Now Blaney crosses over, goes to the inside by a half a car length. He leads that lap with eight to go. Larson is now trying to catch Blaney. Blaney's got Logano in front of him. Will his quasi-teammate give him a break? He does. Take it off, man. I hate Here's Ryan Blaney making a statement today. We've been good this year and had some bad breaks, and it's nice to uh, close out a race like that. That was awesome. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouths. Nate Ryan here with Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett. We just watched the highlights from NASCAR's last trip to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Certainly some news-making moments there and some news this week about Atlanta Motor Speedway where NASCAR will head this weekend for the last race on the current pavement and the current banking at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And to join us to talk about the news, the Speedway Motorsports president and CEO, Marcus Smith. Marcus, welcome to the show. And I guess we can just start with the, the overview of why you decided to go in this direction of raising the banking four degrees, 28 degrees, you're narrowing the racetrack. I know at one point you were thinking about maybe doing a, a true oval and getting rid of the dog leg, and I, I know you left that in. How did you guys land at 28 degrees of banking, narrow racetrack starting next year, Marcus? Yeah, hey guys. Um, good to be on with you tonight. Um, you know, what we wanted to do at Atlanta was just improve on what we've done uh, in the past. I think uh, when you think about Atlanta Motor Speedway, it's known for the speed. It's known for uh, great racing, uh, this gritty surface that, uh, that the drivers seem to really like. And, uh, but when we went back to, to repave and do something different in Atlanta, we wanted it to be um, just better, more special, and different, and a great race uh, racetrack for the drivers and for the fans. You know, Marcus, when I, when I look at this, uh, and just reading what I've read about it and, and hearing some things that have been said about it. Um, we went there in 97, and it was a totally different racetrack than what we had uh, in 95 and 96. Is this a remodel? Are we getting new granite cabinet tops and, <laughs> and, and, and new cabinets? Or is this basically a rebuild? Because I almost look at it as a rebuild. The, the approach to the corners, the banking in the corners, it's almost, almost a third generation from what we were back in 95 or 96. Yeah, that's a great point, Kyle. I think in some ways it is it is a major rebuild. Um, in other ways, uh, it's a remodel. And I'll tell you that um, 
the key for us was to do something that that was true to Atlanta, um, that was going to produce some fantastic racing for all the fans out there. Um, keeping a lot of people asked about, well, what about going back to the classic Atlanta True Oval? Uh, the challenge with that is, you know, where that where the wall is currently, um, the way the grandstands are shaped. I mean, it's a it would be like rebuilding the entire track to change the, the the track back to the old uh the old style so looking at the the double dog leg configuration creating the steepest banks in nascar the 28 degree banking uh, for a for an intermediate track is the steepest around there it creates a really fast track i think a track uh with perfect transitions that's what we worked out with iRacing racing on the geometry and the physics to make the track just a perfect transition track that enable the drivers to uh to really stick in the turns and uh i think it's going to produce some fantastic racing marcus so the one thing that i've heard and read uh with everything is that a lot of this is for the fans and what the fans are telling you the the racing that they want to see and i know that sometimes what the drivers think maybe is great racing that the fans don't necessarily think that. What is it exactly that the fans are wanting to see? <laughs> you know, I think uh, one of my one of my good friends, I don't know, Kyle Petty, if you remember saying something about Bristol, was it fill the place up and make a turn it into a bass fishing tournament? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 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 uh, man! Just to, yeah. let's talk about Atlanta. Let's talk about Atlanta, That's Marcus. Right. Let's talk. That's right. Well, so so you think about uh, what do we what do we do when we design a track and think about how we improve a track? Um, all the time, we are talking to drivers. We're talking to Goodyear, NASCAR, uh, partners at NBC, and and the fans to to look at the kind of racing that we're producing, the kind of competition, the entertainment factor, um, everything about a race comes into play when we really analyze uh, a race weekend. So um, we definitely talk to drivers. We're talking to, uh, to engineers, uh, the, the pavement technology. There's so much that goes into it that, um, you know, it's not just one conversation here and one conversation there. It's really uh, a a months and years long process of deciding uh, what the perfect uh, geometry is and the pavement makeup to uh, to renovate a track like Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, you mentioned uh, iRacing, Marcus. I know that was a big part of the equation here in, in doing this reconfiguration, re reprofiling. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Dale Jr., William Byron, Garrett Smithley, and Timmy Hill will be doing an iRacing demo on this new Atlanta track layout. Uh, that fans will be able to watch during the pre-race show uh, this weekend for the first time, so we'll get in a reduction of that. I have a, a two-part question on this, Marcus. I mean, obviously, it's not just a new track, but next year it's going to be a next-gen car, a new car that hasn't raced yet uh, in this sort of environment. Uh, how did you guys do that without having the, the real-world experience yet with these cars running around each other? And Rodney yeah. Childers also said yesterday that he expects this will be like a Talladega-type pack racing experience. Is that sort of what you envision cars will be clumped together when they're racing at this track? Um, so, so one, as far as the racing style, I, I don't know if that's what we'll get. I think uh, you bring up a great point. There's the next-gen car. We have this next-gen uh, pavement technology and the, the new uh, track profile at Atlanta Motor Speedway that's never been seen before. Um, 
those all kind of combine for a big challenge for race car drivers, for the crew chiefs and the engineers at every team. Um, working with iRacing, we took, and with NASCAR, we took all of the, uh, the metrics from the existing uh, uh, next-gen cars and plugged that into the iRacing computer engine, uh, took all of the data and, uh, that we had so far with the Atlanta Motor Speedway uh, current and the new planned Atlanta Motor Speedway. And we actually tweaked it as we went along over the last uh, almost full year. It's been 10 months of development virtually. And, uh, and it's been a, a great process to come up with uh, this new uh, track profile during that process. And I think, you know, to your question, how do you do that with a new car? It's, uh, it's amazing what you can do with data today. And, uh, and with NASCAR's help, all the data about the, the new car that's known to date is uh, plugged into that iRacing uh, computer engine to make these uh, uh, kind of these decisions uh, happen and come to life. So if, 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 I'm, if I'm listening here, and that would be a miracle if I am, but if I'm listening <laughs> here, um, it, you know, we've seen drivers, Josh Berry, who started racing Dale Jr. on iRacing, and, and drivers make their way into the truck series, into the Xfinity series, and in the Cup Series, come through iRacing. But this is the first iRacing-designed racetrack that actually becomes reality and moves from the virtual world to the real world, where vice versa, we've been going the other way almost, it seems like. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, um, I'm so impressed with what iRacing can do. Um, one of my uh, great colleagues, you know, Mike Birch, uh, has worked with iRacing for uh, really since the beginning with us. And he came to me and said, you know, iRacing can help us with this. So we, um, we started working with them and asked a lot of questions and, uh, and developed uh, the, the details of the track. And, you know, when you, when you look at the track, you, you got to really, all the details shouldn't be a concern for race fans because, you know, for me as a race fan, I just want to see a good race. But when it comes to paving a racetrack and designing a racetrack, all the details matter. The, the transitions, the, the, the distance from uh, the infield, from the, the line of the uh, apron and the, the degrees of separation from the wall, just a ton of, of elements that go into it um, that really make a racing uh, surface and a racing profile work for, uh, for a, a great NASCAR race. So, Marcus, I guess my next question is that this all sounds fantastic, and if it does work the way that you think and hope and all of us think that it's going to provide great racing, so does every track then, including the others that your company own, have to make these changes to their tracks? Oh, man. No, I think, <laughs> you know, this, this is one of those things that um, it was time to repave Atlanta. And since we're going to repave Atlanta anyway, we wanted to do it in, in the newest and best way possible. So um, anytime we come up with a repave, I think, yes, you'll see uh, whether it's us or, or NASCAR um, really work with iRacing to simulate the different changes and how all the minute details. I mean, the track surface, the little tiny degrees of change from, uh, from one area of a track to the next they can plug into their system and uh, you see it in this virtual engine, uh, how it all works on the screen and how it performs with, uh, with all of the physics of a modern day race car.
Well, Marcus, you said you did this for the fans, and we have a member of NASCAR Nation, one of the most loyal fans of NASCAR America, Motormouths, is on the line. Carl has a question for you. Carl, go ahead. Hey, Mr. Smith, there is so much going on in our sport with the next gen, the payment of um, Track house racing, they are trying to bring in a different kind of culture, race fans to us. So with that being said, do you see NASCAR ever doing a Cup Series points race out of the country? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, NASCAR has been to Japan. NASCAR has been to uh, Canada, Mexico. I think that uh, certainly it could happen again. Um, it's really difficult and a, and a big challenge. So I think, uh, you know, the perfect opportunity would have to present itself. But, uh, you know, sky's the limit. We've got lots of opportunities in NASCAR. Yeah, definitely. And Marcus, before we let you go, I got to ask, obviously, a, a lot of uh, feedback uh, across the industry. This has been the biggest news story in NASCAR <laughs> since yesterday. What, what has the feedback been for you so far? What, what have you heard from people? Yeah, I've heard... Uh, positives and negatives and uh and that's that's kind of to be expected so um it's been nice to see uh all the discussion about it i think it just shows you how passionate our fans are about the sport and how passionate uh all the stakeholders in our sport team owners drivers uh sponsors nascar is a fantastic community and uh you know we're all in this together and i think uh more now than i think i've seen uh, in my career, we're we're really all working together to make NASCAR uh, the the best it can possibly be. All right. Well, yeah, we appreciate you yeah. joining us. Yeah, I know dinner awaits, so we don't want to keep yeah. you from. Hey, your... I, I know you're taking <laughs> the girls to dinner. You know where my house is. Just drop off the leftovers <laughs> over there because I'm working late right here. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Thanks <laughs> Thank for having you, me man. on, guys. Thanks, right, man. See ya. Thanks, Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So, what do you guys make? What did you think? Okay, so see that I, I learned something here because I didn't realize that the whole process had been done through iRacing mm -hmm. from transitions to the bankings to straightaways to walls to narrowing to widening. Um, so for me, that's a little bit different life. That's, a, that's not just a bunch of guys like Kyle Petty driving a stake in the ground and running a string around the corner <laughs> and saying, from here to there, let's make a bit, you know, yeah. it's not that way. So, I mean, some thought has gone into this. So, and, and I know they've taken a lot of criticism, just as he said. There's been positives and negatives, um, but I, I think it's it's probably a lot, a lot more thought through, a lot better process than what we can 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 wrap my head around. Yeah, I, I, and in this world, and we talk about eye racing, and and for racetracks to be designed like this for the the specific cars. Uh, it's something that I can't even fathom in yeah. my mind because I'm not smart enough to do all of that. Um, if it works, gosh, the what it opens up is just incredible. Uh, some people are going to have to open up checkbooks yeah. to change things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. But but yeah. if it if it if it does present and bring us what we're what everyone wants to see, and that's you know great race. I mean, there's always going to be races that are better than others. Yeah. I don't care what you do. Uh, so that that's not going to go away just because you designed this track to to match up with these cars yeah. uh, because you're going to have drivers that are better than other yeah. drivers. So things are always going to be that. But but if this does work and, and it's just it's fascinating to listen to that versus what I just read, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and so um, I look forward to seeing how this works and, and I hope it's a huge success. Yeah, I, I will say this. Speaking about and, and you hit it 
the nail on the head. You talk about the track design to the specific cars that will, will be racing there. I think the last time that happened was in 1950 at Darlington when they ran the 50 Mercury and the 50 Hudson Hornet. I mean, because that's the car yeah, of the day, yeah, yeah. and they run 110 or 15 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And that's what that track was designed for, to run 110 or 15 miles an hour. No matter what, no matter what, I, th I, think, I don't think you'll get an argument from fans or drivers or anybody out there. SMI is moving the needle. Um, yeah. they, they took a race from Texas, they gave it to Coda. That was a lease deal. They don't own Coda. They leased the racetrack. But they put dirt on Bristol. They're changing this racetrack. They're trying to do something. They're trying to do something for the fans. They're trying to do something for the sport. They are attempting to make the sport better. Um, so at my tip of the hat to, to Marcus Smith and that whole organization because they are trying to move the needle. Well, to DJ's point, a mile and a half racing and racetracks have been a huge part of the discussion in NASCAR and quality of racing in the last 20 years. And your point to Marcus, your question there about, you know, what kind of repercussions yeah. could this have if it's a success? And this is a racetrack like really any other uh, in terms of mile and a half where you're increasing the banking to 28 degrees yeah. uh, versus a lot of the other r racetracks in NASCAR. And if we uh, take a look here at, at this graphic that sort of explains it, uh, Atlanta, 28 degrees. Charlotte, of course, has been around forever. Mile and a half racetrack. Charlotte Motor Speedway, 24 degrees. Texas, 24. Uh, Las Vegas, 20. So Atlanta really goes into like its own category in terms of mile and a half tracks. And, you know, I asked Marcus about it. Rodney Childers said yesterday that he believes, again, remains to be seen somewhat because yeah. of the next-gen car being right. a huge variable, but he believes yeah. this could be flat out all the way around and create pack racing, super speedway, Daytona, Tal Talladega style racing at a mile and a half track. Is that, is that conducive, I guess, to good racing? Do you think that's something that the fans would want to see? I mean... Yeah, those are four races that we have at Daytona and Talladega every year that are so totally different. Is that something we want more of? Uh, I can tell you the drivers aren't going to be happy in that yeah. scenario yeah. just yeah. because it's so stressful. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they get paid good money for things to be stressful. Yeah. The, the, the key is, is that what the fans want to see? And is that what Fox and NBC are, are putting their money towards uh, to, to support uh, NASCAR racing uh, and, and to make pack racing and, and have that uh, a lot more. Uh, I, I, I mean, it is highly entertaining to watch. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with that. But, you know, gosh, they talk about saving the owner's money in the long run with these cars. Well, hell, we're going to tear up more than what they're able to save if we're going to do pack racing every weekend. I know. Remember when you tore up the most stuff all year long at Bristol and Martinsville, and now it's Talladega and Daytona? <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah. I mean, but... And, and I say this, I say this in as kind a way as I can. If we're sitting here trying to predict how they're going to race, take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care who mm -hmm. says it. I don't yeah. care if, 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 if Rodney Childers says it. I don't care if Ray Abraham says it. I don't care if, 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 if the France family says it. We don't know. We don't, I, I don't think yeah. we know. We, we, all, you know. we all looked and said, well, this is the way the car tomorrow is going to be. Well, this is the way the Gen 4, the Gen 5, this is the way these cars... They didn't work that way. Mm -hmm. they, nothing has worked the way yeah. that we predicted or we thought. We talk about races sometimes, and it's like, man, they're going to go run this racetrack. This is the kind of race we're going to see. You know what? Dale and I do pre-race. We can eat crow at the end of the day because it's not the <laughs> way we said it was going to be yeah. because it just changes. So I don't think we can predict yet until we see what this car, the next-gen car, how it races, how it, how it reacts to these transitions, how it reacts to the arrow. 
Uh, until you see it, I, I, I don't know. And, and that lack of uncertainty, DJ, I mean, there, there has been some feedback from drivers. Carl Larson yeah. said he wished, you know, maybe they had talked to drivers. Denny Hamlin sure. also yeah. expressed that as well. I mean, is that just kind of maybe a natural reaction from drivers because they don't know what yeah. this is going to be like and they just like to maybe have a little bit of a heads up on I it? I think they would like that. You know, just, yeah. to, just you know, the common courtesy of saying, hey, what is it about racetracks that – that provides good racing that you like, and, and give them a list of, of tracks to say, hey, give me your ideas about each of these and, and what we should do, and, and you know, just consult with them, uh, I, I think is something. And, you know, I told you earlier, two of the best racetracks that people talk about having great racing over the years, uh, they consulted Rusty Wallace on both of them that I know, and I think Richmond actually consulted more than just Rusty, but that's one of the best short tracks that there ever has been for yeah. great racing. And then the other one was Iowa Speedway, uh, and we've seen the type of racing that, you know, it's provided for the Xfinity Series, for uh, uh, different series there, even the IndyCar Series, uh, putting on great racing there, and that was solely designed by Rusty Wallace. So uh, drivers do have an idea of what can, not just what suits yeah. their style, but, but what might provide some good racing. So I think they should have at least talked to them about it. And, and Marcus said that they consulted some. It maybe wasn't yeah. Kyle Larson yeah. and Denny Hammer. <laughs> maybe not all 40. Yeah. 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 But, but, okay, so, and, and, and listen, I'll throw it out there. There was a driver council. They would have been consulted if there was a driver council, but the drivers no let the driver exists. council die. Yeah. So sorry. I, I put that back on the drivers in, in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I look at, I, I look at, it's some of this stuff that we're talking about, and you look at this this racetrack, and you look at how they're trying to do something. And, yeah. and there are certain racetracks, you know, and I'll go back to this, and I'll go back to this. Do you think they consulted Richard Petty or David Pearson or Kale or Bobby or Donnie when they went from the big Monte Carlos to the little Buicks in 80 and 81? Or they said, no, build that car and show up down here. We're going to race. And that's the way it was. We're going to race these cars. Mm-hmm. And I'm still a little bit of that old mentality is these are the rules. This, this, is, the, yep. this is the field. These yeah. are the rules. That's the ball. You want to play? Play. You don't want to play? Don't come. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. It's no skin off my back. And, and I'm sorry that I don't live in a PC world where you have yeah. to consult with everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a group decision. Someone has to make a decision. Someone has to, pardon my French, sack up and make a decision. And I think these guys have said, this is what we're going to do. You can either come play or you don't have to. You know, and you can sit on the sideline and complain about it on social media all yeah. you want to, or you can come play. So. Yeah, the King and Bobby Allison, David Pearson, my dad, yeah. they showed up at tracks they'd never seen Listen, before. Had look, no idea what it was, and we went, went to, ran. Yeah, we went to Daytona with those little cars, and they flipped those things down the back stretch. Yeah. Remember? I yeah. mean, th- those things were on their roof, and people were like, man, we can't drive these short cars. We can't <laughs> drive these narrow cars. They get on their roof. But you know what? They figured out a way. They made it work. Yeah. Uh, and some of the best races at Daytona were we're through the 80s yeah. and early 90s. Yeah, The decision has been made, like yes, you said, and exactly. we'll see how it turns yeah. out next year for Atlanta Motor Speedway. In the meantime, more to come here on NASCAR America. We'll talk to some drivers who are racing at Atlanta this weekend on Motor Mounts. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And the crowd here at Road America appreciative of what they have been able to see out of the reigning champion. It's the seventh road course win. Chase Elliott wins at Road America. He celebrates all the way around the racetrack with every fan that's here. Thank you for spending your 4th of July with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. This team has to be excited about what they've got in defending this championship. So that was the scene, guys, in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin this past weekend. And Chase Elliott gave them a show. They demanded a second burnout, <laughs> and he did it, even though he blew the tires off of it and he had a tire change before he went back into victory lane. Uh, I've never been to Road America before. I don't know if you guys. I know you have been, DJ. Yes. Yeah. Um, the fan passion up there yeah. is next level. Like yeah. I, I had heard about it, but I don't yeah. think you can fully appreciate it until you get there and just see the thousands of people lining this four-mile racetrack and in this case, just being over the moon about Chase Elliott, NASCAR's most popular driver winning this race. Do you think it was that they were excited to see racing or they were excited that their two weeks of summer were there? Um, <laughs> I, and I joke, I joke, I, I kid. Now, you know what, but, but honestly, it, 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 it does not surprise me. I've raced at Slinger, I've raced at yeah. some of those short tracks up there. You, you, stock car racing is, is, may have been born in the southeast. And, and we may consider NASCAR a southeastern sport in a lot of ways, even though it's not. But the hotbed is Wisconsin and Minnesota. Dick Trickle, Dave Marcus, Alan Kowicki, uh, Matt Kenseth. We can go on and on of the guys who have come out of there who have had an impact on NASCAR. That fan base and those fans are there. They are passionate about motorsports. They're passionate about NASCAR. Uh, they watch it. They believe it. They pull for the, their drivers. Uh, so to see 100,000 people come out... Um, I, it was incredibly exciting for me. Yeah, we saw two Kyle Larson fans actually <laughs> chose that moment to get yeah. engaged as well. Um, DJ, you know, Chase Elliott talked after the race that it kind of caught him off guard. You know, as somebody who grew up in Georgia and yeah. had rarely spent any time in Wisconsin, the, the amount of nine gear he saw, but also just the, again, the amount of just passion uh, yeah. for NASCAR. And, you know, to Kyle's point, I guess, you know, when Kenseth won the championship, that was when I sort of understood that they mm -hmm. raced nightly. Yes. up there in a way that, you know, maybe they do here in North Carolina area. Did you know about that, you know, growing yeah. up in this area? Did you know that, like, yes, everybody thinks stock car racing is synonymous with the South, but there was an outpost up there in Wisconsin that has a lot of it, too. Yeah, I, I knew some of it. And then as I got into my career and got the opportunity to go in that part of the country and go to some of the tracks, you understood yeah. that, hey, that's no different than what we have here in the South. Matter mm -hmm. of fact, they may be more passionate yeah. at times about it uh, on weekends going to these short tracks. And the big events that they would have up there were incredible. Sure. The driver that they would draw from all across the country was just unbelievable. And you knew when you went there to race that you were going to be racing the best of the best from everywhere uh, because they paid enough money and you went there on a yeah. short track and every good short track racer, great short track racer, uh, was there. So I got to experience that and, and see that firsthand. And uh, so that was the, the first opportunity I had. Then uh, when I retired and started doing TV and, and had the chance to go up and do the Xfinity races at Road America, 
oh my gosh, uh, just you know, walking around, seeing the people that were coming out for that, going through the little towns there, just the passion that they have for this. I've always said uh, and told Mike Hilton this a number of times, if you can ever get a cup race there, it'd be one of the yeah. biggest things to ever happen. And I think they turned out and showed that this weekend. And then you know, Chase Elliott put on the show that they yeah. were wanting to see. Man, yeah. coming from yeah. almost the back of the, yeah. the field and uh, driving his way up and, and once again showing that he's the best on road courses. And uh, then answering what they wanted, a yeah. second burnout. Yeah. 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 Just tearing burnout. the tires off of his car. That's yeah. it. The most peer pressure that Chase Elliott said he'd ever experienced <laughs> in his life was being asked for a second burnout at Road America. So does it feel like, Kyle, after a 65-year absence now, uh, that NASCAR's kind of planted a stake here, in the, especially with the road course trend in the cup schedule. You, you think Road America is probably here to stay on the NASCAR schedule? I, look, I hope so. Yeah. I, and I know the fans hope so. Um, I think we did it a couple weeks ago in Nashville, too. I think you planted a, a stake and said, you know, we were yeah. here once. Let's come back. Boom. We're coming back to Nashville. We saw it in the Nashville crowd. We see it in, in, in the crowd in Wisconsin. I think there's places that maybe the sport got away from or has just dabbled in at some point in time, that now we see these are important markets for us. These are important places for us. You know, it, you were there, right? Okay. It's not in the middle of Chicago. No. It's not <laughs> in the middle of It's was, out there. I was surprised how rural it and was. How rural it is. And to draw 100,000 people that far out, you've got to have a passion. You've got to want to go there. So for me, um, I hope that becomes a mainstay, that we're talking about that like we talk about Indy being here for 20 or 25 years and some of these other racetracks um, and when we get to 2050. Yeah, and uh, DJ, Chase Elliott winning again um, and <laughs> yeah. just being the road course master now and putting himself you know, up on that list. I think he's third now in road course victories yeah. all time in the Cup Series. I mean, where, where, does that, where does that sort of rank him? And especially now, as I mentioned, so many road courses on the schedule. This has got to lay out pretty well for him. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it really does. I think that's like seven out of the last yeah. eleven that mm -hmm. he's won. And, and you know, I always thought that Tony Stewart and and Jeff Gordon were the best road racers. And, and I'd have to put Rusty right in there too, yeah. even though Rusty might not have had quite the number yeah. of wins uh, that those guys had, but they were just so good. And and what Chase is doing, he there's very few of these races that he's won that he's kind of made it. The easy way. It's yeah. not like he's starting on the pole and leading every lap. He's fighting his way through. I mean, think back to the Roval where he missed the first corner on the restart and <laughs> ran into a wall, yeah. and and uh, thankfully it was very soft. Uh, and just, but just everything every week or every one of these races seems like it takes something different. And he's showing all of his skills and ability to do this. You, you have to put him certainly right now, yeah. well inside the top five of all-time good road racers yeah. in this sport at such a young age. Just incredible what he is able to do. And and I know that maybe the the end of that race, the, the last segment, or the last stage, maybe didn't provide all of the kind of racing up front that we were looking at. There was racing along the way and, and a lot for a lot of different spots uh, as we saw teammates get into it uh, uh, a couple of times. But I think that if we were going to have that type of deal at the end, Chase was the right person. Yeah. That's not taking anything away from everybody else, but he's the most popular driver for a reason, and that's exactly what the fans wanted to yeah. see. I think, I think for me, the, the 7 out of 11 is, is a huge number. Being third on the list really doesn't mean anything to me, and I'm sorry because we run so many more road courses now than we yeah, did right. when Tony yeah. was here and when Jeff was here. Yeah. How many could they have if we ran six or seven right, races? Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's, that's not apples, that's not apples to oranges, but 7 out of 11 is huge. Yeah. 7 out of 11 is huge, and I think what, what we saw, what I saw watching that race was maybe the best road course 
our, our best race that I have seen chase. He was methodical. He was patient. He chose the right times. He didn't do anything wrong. He put a wheel right where it needed to be all day long. Uh, and as you say, we saw him at the Roval, out of shape, in the wrong place. We've seen him have to overcome stuff. This was one of those days that he made it happen. He made it happen along with Allen, but he made it happen on the racetrack uh, and did everything. I, I, to, that performance for me was one of the best performances by Chase Elliott I've ever seen. Yeah, and especially when you consider he didn't qualify well. Yeah. started deep yeah. in the pack. On Saturday, he was saying he didn't know if he had the car or not. Yeah. And, yeah, I was hugely impressed. And I hope that we get to see – well, we can't see it. I, I, mean, I would love to see how he would do against a, a Jeff yeah. Gordon yeah. or, a, or a, you know, a Tony Stewart. So it's we always talk about, you know, while it was at Homestead, what would certain drivers do at other tracks. Do we ever have a championship race at a road course? Ooh. I, I, don't, I think there might be some driver Ooh. feedback on that one. <laughs> well, let's call it the may not can happen in Wisconsin I, in, in I, November. I, I think no. we know how Na- the majority of NASCAR fans would think, yes, let's, yeah. let, especially given that Chase Elliott is the best road courser. Yeah. I'm calling the driver council. Oh, it's been disconnected. I'm what, sorry. What does Denny have to say? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, let's go to the phones. Since it is Motor Mouse, uh, let's go back to the phones and talk to James. James, welcome to NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. How are good. you? All right. Well, uh, my question is, uh, besides uh, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, which team has impressed you the most uh, during the summer months and probably going into uh, the playoffs later this season? Has there been another team that we've really been talking about besides Hendrick Motorsports? I don't know. James sounds a lot like Ryan Blaney to me, so <laughs> I, I, I wondered if, this is, if Ryan Blaney's setting us up. There. But it's a great question. Yeah. It is good. Um, I'm going to have to go. I, I, I think that I'm going to have – I'm going to say Gibbs because I think they, they, they're making their way. Yeah. A couple of their drivers are, are made. Even though I know Denny still hasn't won, but I, I think on a performance level, that, that's where I would look. But if I were going to be – if you look at who has made the biggest game, uh, I'd go with Chip Ganassi Racing yeah. with Ross Jastain yeah. and, and Kurt Busch. Uh, yeah. they, they've made the biggest jump to me. Yeah, uh, both so of them far. finished top ten at Road America. Yeah. But then Christopher Bell, to your point, finished yeah. Second, yeah. second for Gibbs at yeah. Road America. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Colleg Racing or Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. I've not seen anybody in the Cup Series make any games. <laughs> you, you know yeah. what? I mean, yeah. honestly. Until uh, somebody and, wins. This and, is a yeah, that, point. That's right. Yeah. And, and even when we talk Ganassi and we talk some of this stuff, it's the Chevy camp. We're yeah. talking the Chevy yeah, camp, you know, yeah. and, and right. the, the tide has, has risen in the Chevy camp, and it's brought everybody with them. We see Austin Dillon. We see Tyler Reddick. We see Eric Jones. We see so many of these teams that are Chevy-based teams that are having great runs and having solid runs. Um, Daniel Suarez and, yeah. and, and you know, uh, Trackhouse Racing, you see these guys, they're having just solid runs, and that's the Chevy camp. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, we talk Hendrick, but it's Chevy at the same time. Yeah, and, you know, again, here we see in some uh, shots of uh, the, the Xfinity race. Um, you, you know, like, I, I think that Gibbs is there, uh, especially with Kyle yeah. recently. But, I mean, yeah. to your point, KP, like, it, it feels to me as if until you have somebody besides Kyle Busch winning, and Christopher, Christopher yeah. Bell finishing second is impressive, but until you have somebody winning regularly, it is yeah. still a Hendrick discussion for the look, most part. Look, if, if, we, if, if we just sat down and look at, if you just sat down over the last, let's, let's just go to the last six races, six or seven races, and just look at stats of laps led, how many times their cars have finished in the top five, how many times their cars have finished in the top ten, how many laps they've led, how many quality passes you can go through all those BS stats that, that we keep, okay? <laughs> but if you put them over here, this side of the table is going to cave in under the Hendrick weight of what they've yeah. done, and this side's not. 
over under everybody else. Nobody's been able to penetrate that mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. And that, that for me, is, is the big telltale sign, is they just do it week in and week out. And nobody, even though you get a Christopher Bell that slides in there and runs second, even though you get a Ryan Blaney, or you get somebody that'll pop up in there, oh, yeah, but third is William Byron. But fourth is, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, they're yeah. still there. Yeah, those four drivers are capable of winning each and every week yeah. Uh, yeah. at Hendrick Motorsports right now. So. No question. No question. Well, a lot of cup discussion. Uh, let's talk to an Xfinity Series driver. I think we've got Austin Sindrick, who ran both races at Road America. He'll join us when we come back after the break here on NASCAR America Motormouths. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I know what it takes to run up front. I know what it takes to win races. Austin Sindrick is taking Ford back to victory lane in Daytona. Sindrick across the line, career win, number 10. Told you that pink car would look good, victory lane. Austin Sindrick hangs the monster here at Dover International Speedway. For the fourth time this season, Austin Sindrick has scored the checkered flag. Keep it rolling. Welcome back to NASCAR America Motormouths, where we're now joined by the reigning Xfinity Series champion, Austin Sindrick. And Austin, I was checking out your Twitter feed, and I saw that you tweeted, Road America, I love you even if you don't love me back. <laughs> so I know you, you raced there twice. It didn't go exactly how you loved or how you wanted, but you, you still love that road course as much as anybody because it's just fun to drive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I felt like the weekend met my expectations as far as Fourth of July at that racetrack, at that facility, you know, the fans packing the place in and um, it probably didn't meet my expectations uh, on the racetrack as far as uh, personally, but, uh, you know, I had two very fast Ford Mustangs and um, had, a, had a lot of good things going for us, but uh, just definitely not my weekend. Okay, I, here's my question. I, I, I've watched you. I watched you at Coda um, and watched you here run up in the top three or four and take it to a Kyle Busch, take it to these guys. Um, is there any intimidation factor for you when you're going, you come in and, 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 and it's, you're not cherry picking, but you're just running a few select races, but you feel in your helmet that you can go head to head with these guys. Is there any intimidation? 
I think you definitely have the devil and the angel on your shoulder there telling you to do two different things. You know, the perfect example is Coda starting, you know, the second row and knowing full well how easy it is to make a bottom of three at Coda going into turn one. And, and you've got a party going, you know, it's the first lap of a cup race. You don't have to, you know, stick it in there. And um, then they, you feel like they broke too early and you got to take advantage of that opportunity. I mean, uh, it's, it's an awesome chance for me to run up against the best guys and really great equipment and, if that opportunity is in front of me, I mean, I have to take it. So uh, it's 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 exciting. I've definitely learned a ton in, in a short amount of time and in, in the six cup starts I've done this year. And, you know, something cool we talked about as a team, I've actually led three of the six races that we've done so far, like legitimately taking the lead on restarts. So uh, I still have a lot to learn, but uh, it's been fun and uh, I've, I've been trying to absorb it all. Yeah, Austin, it's not only been fun for you, but it's been impressive to me in watching uh, how you've been able to, to kind of fit right in there and uh, excites me for what uh, next year has to bring with that. But let's turn it to uh, the Xfinity Series. You once again uh, have the points lead there. Uh, do, you, do you look at that lead that you have there because there's a huge bonus to win the regular season championship? Uh, you have a nice, I think it's 89-point lead right now. Uh, or do you just say, okay, if we go do our job, try to win races, uh, all of that will take care of itself here? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the regular season championship is incredibly important because, I mean, that's the equivalent of, of three wins and playoff points, and it's incredibly hard to win three races. So uh, that, that's, that's definitely top of mind, top of the list, honestly, as far as things that were important for me because, you know, for me it's, it's, it's win the regular season championship and then, and then make it to the Final Four. You know, you have to have a perfect day in Phoenix, but uh, if, if you give yourself that shot and, and, and being at the top of the points by the end of the regular season is – uh, a step towards giving yourself that shot. So um, that, that's definitely where our focus has been this team all year um, and, and trying to rack up those points. And, and we've really only uh, had, had bad days when we haven't been able to run in the top five and kind of getting caught in other people's messes. But uh, that's that's racing. You'll have that. You know, last weekend was a perfect example of that. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty focused on, on trying to close this, close this out here. Like I said, 89 points. But uh, things happen fast in this sport, so nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, and, you know, you said, Austin, I mean, six cup starts already, and Kyle mentioned you're doing very, very well over there, that stat on, on restarts, hugely impressive. But, yeah, you're still first in the Xfinity Series points as well. So have you been able to sort of maintain your focus somehow in a, in a dual sense here, knowing you're going to race full-time in cup next year regardless, but knowing that – and the pressure's kind of off, I guess, maybe a little bit on the Xfinity side that you already have the championship. Has that made it a little bit easier to focus on both ends? I'm, I am way too competitive to forget about that. You know, we, we have an awesome chance to, to, to go for two championships, and I, I know that's what uh, Mr. Penske wants, and I know that's what the guys on, on my 22 car want. You know, those guys, you know, deserve a shot at, at, uh, at trying to defend that title, and, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. I think Pocono is a perfect example. That's, that's one of those races last year that I felt slipped through our fingers, and, you know, this year has given me the opportunity to come back to those places and, and, and really try and hit it again. So, uh, th those are the things that excite me about this season. Like you said, I've had a, a great opportunity to kind of get a, a, a taste at a lot of different racetracks and a lot of different, uh, you know, types of packages um, and understand what cup racing is all about. And most of those races I've had to start dead last. So uh, that's that's been a good learning tool. I feel like that's given me a really good perspective uh, kind of on how the whole race plays out throughout the field. And, and that's something I didn't have before uh, I, I've done those cup starts. So. I think that's going to help me greatly in the future, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely very motivated uh, for, for 
you know, finishing out this season strong. Uh, I, I will say these double duty weekends have been really hard for me to, you know, I would say almost overwhelming given the schedules um, just because of, of how it's all laid out. You know, I've barely had time to eat on some of those days and uh, I'm not complaining driving two race cars, especially two race cars that fast are, are great, but man, you, you want to feel like you're taking advantage of both opportunities and, uh, you know, sometimes it gets overwhelming. And then when you have the two races go the way they did for me this weekend, it's like the emotional toll is, oh, okay, well, I get to go to one racetrack one weekend, one day, and get to forget all about it on Saturday. Well, it makes you feel any better, Austin. All that hard work and effort is paying off and new fans. One of those is Marvin Blue, our good friend, is called in to NASCAR America Motormouths and has a question for you. Marvin, you're on the line. How you doing, Austin, Austin? I'm doing great. How are you, Marvin? I'm doing pretty well, AC. Well, Austin, we're heading to Atlanta Motor Speedway, and uh, you didn't do so well the last time you went there, and you finished in 13th. But what would redemption smell like to you if you got a victory this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway and brought another win to uh, the captain, Roger Penske? Yeah, it's, it'd certainly be great. That's a great question. That's a, been a big topic for us uh, within our team. You know, Atlanta, like you said, wasn't wasn't a great race for us. Probably one of our worst, honestly, so far this year. And uh, I think we've definitely identified the area and uh, which we need to improve. And in some of the areas we unloaded wrong uh, last time we were there. And um, you know, I'm I'm just as hopeful to, to kind of come back there strong. You know, I, I have 500 miles of Cup racing now at that racetrack as well. So I feel like I really have a great understanding of how that track's going to change for us. We are the first cars on the racetrack and uh, a fun nugget for the weekend, I, I guess, uh, is, is one of the few racetracks that, you know, Roger Penske still doesn't have a win in the Xfinity series on. So uh, pretty motivated to be able to do that. You know, we did that in Daytona later this year and, um, you know, see what, see what we got starting fourth and uh, hopefully march our way forward. Cool, man. Hey, so a minute ago, you mentioned that, that, that these schedules, the Xfinity uh, running back and forth between the two series. Tell me from a driver's perspective, not from the cars. I don't care about the comparison of a cup car and an Xfinity car. But from a driver's perspective, what is the biggest difference that you see as a cup driver compared to an Xfinity driver? Um, is there one thing that jumps out at you that you have to focus on more on the cup side or less, whatever that may be? Well, I think I think number one is outlasting. You know, you got to be able to be there in the end. Obviously, we weren't on Sunday, but... Um, those races change so much and if you're just able to stay in the game for longer you know it's it's a lot harder to recover you know once once you get into 20th and cup it's hard to establish yourself further forward in the field unless you're in a really great car or having a really great day or really great pit stops because uh, otherwise in the Xfinity series you can you can get yourself back into the top 10 within a stage uh, once something goes wrong whether it's your fault or not so really just staying ahead of the game obviously having pace and, and, and being ahead of the racetrack is very important but uh, I would say number one out of, out of everything is just being able to get to the end. All right. Well, we cool. wish you uh, much yeah. luck uh, with the less harried schedule yeah. this weekend, starting fourth uh, at Atlanta and Xfinity Series. Thanks for joining us, Austin. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Austin Sendrick. And, uh, you know, DJ, I know you were just talking about how you've been impressed by watching his development. And he's slated as of now to go to the Wood Brothers yeah. Racing Car. We know he's going to be racing yeah. Cup full-time. We think it's going to be the number 21. You've raced for that team. It seems like... Yeah, we both have. You guys got our have. first yeah. wins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like this is a guy who's ready to make that jump. Yeah, I think so. And and I think it'd be a good fit. Yes. Uh, he, he's really good. You know, you always, you're interested to see how young drivers and, and young men 
uh, take a weekend like what he had. And, you know, I have a son that plays minor league baseball, and he might go 0 for 4, but he'll say, but, Dad, I hit all of them hard. You know, the exit velocity was yeah. over 100 on them. I said, yeah, but your batting average still looks like this. <laughs> so I wondered, Austin, yeah. he answered that. What, what Did he take something positive away, and he was able yeah. to do that because you know, he led both of those races? Yeah, yeah. that positive attitude, definitely yeah. a key to doing well in NASCAR. And we'll talk to another driver trying to keep a positive attitude. Corey LaJoy joins us next uh, segment on NASCAR American Motor Mouth. Stay tuned. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to NASCAR Motor American Motormouths, where we are joined by Corey LaJoy. Corey, we're on the Peacock platform, and I understand your uh, number seven Chevrolet also has a Peacock connection this week at Atlanta Speedway, the Boss Baby family business on the car. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's only in theaters and streaming exclusively on the Peacock app, Nate. And uh, the car looks awesome. Wait till you see my fire suit. I think Spire put out like a little bit of a teaser, but I've never seen, like there's been tuxedo fire suits attempted to be made before. This is actually a legitimate fire suit with like lapels, a folded collar, uh, and an actual tie that removes because we don't want flapping things in the breeze in that cockpit. But it's, uh, I'm going to look like a boss adult, maybe not so much boss baby, but the car looks great. I'm excited to get down to Atlanta this weekend. Listen, it's not a, it's not a true tuxedo unless the tie's untied and you got a martini <laughs> in your hand, dude. Uh, that, that, that's when it's a true tuxedo, man, when you're just strolling in about 3 a.m. Uh, yeah, when, when, when I look at this season and look at you guys have done stuff with this car uh, and done stuff with this team, uh, unexpected, unexpected. You've had some great, great runs. How hard is that for you to maintain, to understand where, what a good day is, to understand when you run 12th, 13th, 14th, that that's a great day for you guys? How hard is it to manage those expectations? Yeah, it's hard because you continue to want more, you know, and, and realistically, you know, TJ and Jeff, our owners, you know, their expectations are only 24th to 25th anytime we run 15th you know i'm still not gonna be popping champagne bottles and those guys are you know jumping over the moon excited but you know the, the guys who are, are on the competitive side uh myself ryan sparks the guys that work on the cars uh we're, we're starting to get some speed out of these ganassi cars and trying to figure out uh, the aero balance to really run where i feel like we should and top 20 i feel like is pretty achievable for us to do that but when like Austin just said, when you get in that top 20, uh, that's a whole other ball game, and you're up there with the big dogs. So um, it's, it's fun we get up there and, and make some of those guys have a bad day. 
So, Corey, it has been impressive what you've been able to do, and I know that you set expectations and things that you want to accomplish, and you've probably uh, done those to this point. As you look at the schedule, and I know most drivers say, well, I just look one race uh, at, at one race at a time, but uh, with the schedule coming up, do you have tracks that you look at and say, we, got a, we have a really good chance here again to, to go get another top 15 finish? Yeah, I mean, you know, New Hampshire is always one that I've always had a lot of confidence going into. I've won a Canaan race there and, and had some success there. Run good in a couple cars, well as an Xfinity car. So, you know, Daytona is, is obviously the one everybody has circled, especially if you don't, uh, if you're not, if you're on the outside of the playoffs looking in, you might be able to throw a Hail Mary and, and pull the belts tight and, and maybe sneak one out there. But, um, you know, I, I'm not super pumped up going to Indy Road Course. I don't have a lot of experience on road courses, but. Um, you know, I'm starting to get some experience and get some, some confidence going left and right. But, um, you know, I think that overall, as a, as a team, we're right where we had hoped to be at the midpoint of the year towards getting towards a certain three-quarter mark here where we feel like we can be a 20th, top 20th car or team uh, each and every week. And, you know, it might have taken us a little bit longer than we might have expected to get to that consistency. But, um, you know, we're starting to, to reap the benefits, I think. Corey, I'm going to ask you about the next one on the schedule, of course, Atlanta Motor Speedway in the headlines this week. Uh, what's it like, I guess, going to race on a track where it's, it's the last race ever on this pavement, which has been around since 1997, and then this reprofiling where they're going to raise the banking 28 degrees next year? What's your reaction to all of that? Not near as vocal as a lot of these other guys that want. <laughs> Everybody feels like they want to be consulted and this and that. Dale and Kyle. Back in the day, you, uh, Bill Jr. knew that you couldn't let the inmates run the prison. You gotta like do the stuff that they want to do. Granted, you know they might have swung and missed at a Kentucky repave or Texas or Texas repave, but I'm all for uh, changing up a little bit and adding some banking and make, making it exciting. Now, it ain't up to me to say better, worse, or indifferent. Um, you know, somebody's gonna figure out how to make it go around in a circle faster than the next guy, and hopefully, we're uh, on the front end of that. All right, before we let you go, Corey, I think we're going to squeeze in one call from you, NASCAR America Motormouths. Uh, I believe we have Bill on the line. Go ahead. Rick, sorry. Rick, go ahead. Thanks, Nate. Uh, and I appreciate not having to use the thesaurus uh, today on the show so far up to this point. <laughs> KP like and DJ can't see you guys on the road. And Corey LaJoy, big fan. Love what you do on the car. Uh, love when they put your face on the hood. Uh, obviously, Boss Baby's going to be you know, a little bit different, but it's going to be cool to see. My question to you, Corey, is they've said that the banking goes from 24 to 28 degrees. So obviously we're going to see a lot more speed, but they've narrowed the racetrack down in the turns from like 55 feet to 40 feet. How, how difficult will that be to negotiate around other drivers when you have such a narrow track in the turns? Well, Rick, I don't know if anybody's told you, you sound a lot like the guy who uh, narrates a broadcast on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, maybe it's just going. But, uh, you know, it's hard to mistake that voice. And I think that's just, they didn't necessarily, I mean, obviously they narrowed the racing surface, but that's just when you take the bank and you go like this, it's naturally going to make the, the track narrower. So um, I'm interested to see what the, how the asphalt is going to, take rubber obviously it, it takes a little bit to, for the new asphalt to kind of get weathered we saw that with repaves pretty much everywhere uh but this new um asphalt technology is supposed to be you know not retain water might be able to dry quicker so you know 
I feel like, you know, Marcus and Bruton and everybody at SMI, they're not scared to swing the bat and, and take chances. And a lot of times they, they're making the right choices. And, you know, I think it's, it's going to be cool. Anytime it's something new and exciting and um, it's going to put, it's going to be a lot of variables going to a brand new track with a brand new car. Uh, and you're going to be hauling the mail around Atlanta Motor Speedway now. So it's going to be pretty wild. Okay. So real quick, we only got about a minute left. Um, the way you look right now, there used to be a show called Grizzly Adams. I know you're out there shooting a commercial. Is it harder working with your co-star in this commercial or working with your dad, Randy? Just tell me that. <laughs> and they both can get just as grumpy, so he's referring to the Grizzly Bear I'm out here a concert or a commercial with for Built Bar, one of our other partners. So, you know, I've seen Randy LaJoy manage the Grizzly Bear, and I've seen that Grizzly Bears manage Randy LaJoy and everywhere in between. So, you know, it's a push. <laughs> All right, Thanks, well, man. Thank you, dude. Thanks. <laughs> Be careful with those bears. Yeah, man. Corey, we hope to see you in Atlanta. Tell Randy weekend. I said, hey, man. Be <laughs> Will do. Thank y'all. Thanks, Thank you, man. man. Corey LaJoy joining us. Uh, yeah. So Atlanta Motor Speedway, obviously, he's a fan of yes. uh, th- these new changes built for next year. We've got one race left on this pavement, which I said, yeah. been around for 24 years. People love this track. Who do you guys like the last time on this surface? You mean besides Kyle Larson? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what <laughs> Is I was that like, the only pick? Besides Kyle Larson. <laughs> Listen, I, I, said, I, I said Tyler Reddick. I'm going to go with somebody way out in okay. left field here just to, to end this thing on a high note. You know how these things happen whenever you do things and it's somebody's home state? Who's from Ooh. Georgia? Ooh. Chase Elliott, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. That's I good. believe he just won a race. I believe yeah, there might ahead. be a special on after the race this Sunday that you can yes. check out by Chase Elliott. That's all the time we have. NASCAR American Motor Mouths, thanks for watching. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.